Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to New Books in African American Studies, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. I'm Adrienne King, the co-host of the channel. Today, we'll be talking to Jay Dodd about her new book, The Black Condition, featuring narcissists. Welcome to the show, Jay. What's up? Hi. <laughs> um, so first of all, I want to say that I really loved your book. Um, I actually read it twice um, <laughs> because I thought it was so good. Um <sighs> So I was wondering if you could start by just telling us a little bit about yourself um, and about your work. Where, where, where? Um, well, one, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm so excited to, to share about this work, um, but about myself. Uh, my name is Jay Dodd. I am a, a writer and an artist. I was born in Los, in Los Angeles, California. Um, I've since lived across, mostly on the East Coast for the last decade, um, in between Connecticut and Boston. I went to college in Boston, and I studied sociology, um, where I started as an internet essayist um, in terms of my serious writing, and then I got over that shit real quick, um, and then turned to poetry and more creative writing. Um, and I've just been working in the creative arts field, uh, both creatively and professionally, um, basically since 2015-16. And yeah, and so I recently moved to Portland to launch uh, the Duff Song Labs, the new branch of Winter Tangerine that does uh, salons and workshops. Um, And yeah, I'm just basically avoiding an an MFA by giving everyone else all the (laughs) skills that I have been acquiring. (laughs) Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your um, relationship to, to poetry? Sure. Uh, so my mom is a is a poet and a writer first. So any conversation about my work begins with with my mother, as my favorite conversations always do. Um, and so, so, but my mom is also a, 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 a minister by trade, and also she's one of the ministers since she was a child. Um, and so her her writing um, has been for the scholarly, for the uh, meditative, um, and also straight up just a poet. Um, and so as a child, I've, I've exposed to the poetry scene in LA through her. Um, but, but, but I, I sort of like, uh, just grew apart from it. I was in, interested in other things at the time, dance, theater, um, just whatever. Um, and then after, after a long life of, uh, dance and theater, uh, I, uh, I had to do something else. Um, I was, I was writing in college, uh, to sort of just like, deal with being on the internet and, 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 and wanting to, to have a voice. Um, and then af- after an uh, incident with uh, the police, I had to stop dancing. Um, and so I really had to reevaluate my relationship to art. And so I uh, was, I started to be in community with, the, with I started to be in a slam community in Boston. And then I released a rap album and then I just fully dipped and totally turned into a full on poet. Um, and then since then I, I've expanded um, into other genres, but uh, the act of poetry, both as a performance and as a written work, uh, definitely is like uh, a main frequency that I rely on. Um, but it 
it as an industry frustrates me. It as a limited genre frustrates me. Poets piss me off, but poetry as a concept, I will absolutely die for. Um, yeah. Um, for sure. Will you say more about what your frustrations are? Yeah. Um, <laughs> where should I start? No, I'm kidding. No, that's not that's unnecessary. That's unnecessary. Well, I mean, I think that because of just one being a, being alive in this world under the systems that we that we, that we have anything we believe in gets muddled by having to be alive. Like anything we like, our intentions, our desires, any, we have to eat and, and breathe and sleep and whatever, and all these other things. And so um, the, the, I always have a, a, a place and understanding because I don't think that I'm any, by any means a perfect poet, I, I, you know, or, or the, I don't even think that it's possible, but I think that there's a, a, an, an urgency around performance as opposed to an urgency around thought that that I think poetry both lends itself to and, and also uh, makes it easier to uh, evade necessary conversation because a poem can look, can look so good because a person can make a thing look so pretty, but the person is still the person and they're still in a community that is only doing so much work or they're still only, you know, but these poems are still these poems, you know, and these poems are still these poems and still these poems and these people are still hungry. These people are still being taught to bleed for no reason. These people are still not having their voices actually shared, but being collected and curated. So the same four or five poets can get the same four and five things. It is, it is a, like a, an ecosystem of siphoning and shit. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I, I think that, it is too easy to, uh, under the guise of community, to exploit each other and ourselves. And I think that this language that gives us so much freedom also gives us so much, so much we- weaponry to, to cut ourselves open with. Um, and that's just dangerous. And I don't think, I, I don't think we think about it, um, with intention and, and, and only in crisis do we worry about the politics of poems, which is the last time we need it. Um, I'm curious with that in mind, um, how you came to, to write this book and maybe what you were saying too, like um, how did you think about intention when like writing and publishing this book? Well, writing this book and publishing this book have two very separate stories. Also, give me one second. A candle on my altar, um, like, just broke some glass. And so I'm going to just handle this real quick. It's all good. I, it's like it's like a small... Yeah. I'm just going to... Oh, we're great. Anyways, sorry. Some Apparently, I am on the verge of some shit. Anyways, that's completely both unrelated and probably related to whatever I'm about to say. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Yeah, so the process for the, the, uh, the Black Ambition featuring Narcissus. Oh my God, I just poured water on this shit and this flame is still going. Oh, word? Wow. Sorry. I'm just, I, I, I live in a place that could that could go up in flames, so I'm trying to make sure it's okay. Yeah. But actually, no, it's fine. Yeah. We're fine. We're fine. We can pause if you want to take care of it. No, it's out. It's out. Sorry. We're good. Sorry, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very sensitive to it, but also never afraid of it, and, and we're good now. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, so. This book began, um, oh yeah, also I have a full-on altar for everyone listening. I, uh, <laughs> I speak to the ancestors regularly. Um, so this book, I started writing not knowing it was going to be this salient. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I began writing Narcissus poems in a very dark place, and they were very urgent, and I just needed them. I needed I needed to 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 create a voice that could be possible, um, because I because the I that I 
there, there was no I, I I could speak from and feel safe, and I knew I needed to, to be somewhere in my work. And so Narcissus became this really great character to just to just drop into, but also to look at in this in this reflective way. Um, and so the Narcissus poems sort of just came in in this very like. Uh, river like sweet over time um and then during the promotion of um managed tongues my first collection um i got like a a weird ass message on uh, a weird ass dm from somebody on 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 twitter um saying they, that they love black poets black poets don't like them and they're interested in the black condition like they literally said quote for quote i'm interested in the black condition and that shit like sent me into a spiral um and so i created uh that work you know in the days following that uh and then yeah and so it it really was a coalescing of where i was but not um i i didn't craft the book Mm -hmm. with intention in this way and so and so but by, by the time that I saw all these narcissist poems and this black condition um, uh, piece, so 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 con- concrete, um, I, I really—I mean, I didn't, didn't necessarily realize, but I started to gather the poems that I'd written since my first book um, was was picked up, like n- not even put out, but picked up. Um, and I heard—I heard a conversation. I heard—I heard this like general anxiety around rendering rendering myself this general anxiety around my body and the early parts of my transition um and so all these sort of like temples were laid there um and 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 i felt like narcissus was definitely the most anxious voice of this um collection of voices and poems and uh and it made sense just just you know to call her bitch by her name and let and let her have her own her own you know front soloist um persona um and and, it, and it's, it's sort of funny for me now because uh so the book was picked up by a different press before night boat um and it was supposed to come out at AWP. I want to say in Tampa. I'm not sure what year with that. <laughs> one was. Maybe, uh, yeah, what? Last year. La- yeah, last year essentially. Uh, yeah, last year. Wow, I don't know how time works. Last year. Um, and uh, and and it just it just. I mean, for a variety of reasons that I don't need to fucking hash out here because I actually am so blessed with Nightboat. Like whatever. It was a total misdirection for me at the time, but I did lose a year of both like intention and pouring into it, um, and that kind of like f- fucked me up. But uh, I really needed the extra year to be alive. Like I, I got like I didn't realize how much I like for myself needed to be just a little bit more away from it to be able to talk about it right now. I would not be able to talk about this book this saliently a year ago. Not, not, not truly. Like, I think I'm so grateful for where I am right now in my life. And I, and I'm glad that I was able to get this book out of me when I did and also have it out in the world when it needed to be, but they're very separate processes. And I'm really thankful for the universe for uh, telling me how, how, how I needed to act. Um, But yeah, it, it, it was built out of desperation and then curated for sort of like a need, but even then, it, it was it was put out when it wanted to be apparently. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned um, Narcissus, um, Narcissus, and I was wondering if you could tell kind of like that myth, and then how you thought about that character, and, and what was it like, kind of bringing those themes into light in your work. For sure, for sure. Um, 
So narcissus is most known for being the, the base of the, the, the behavior narcissism. Um, and it's, you know, often described as just like self-absorbed, vain in some capacity. Um, many uh, sort of like romantic era, Renaissance era paintings and, and art, um, European art uh, shows narcissus like just like laying by a river, looking at the reflection, all like, oh, whoa, what was me? Um, excuse me. But the story, um, and the one th- that I referenced from, um, let me look in this book that I have right here, um, the A.S. Klein version, um, Metamorphosis, b- book three, um, the section is called When Narcissus Sees, I mean, sorry, When Echo Sees Narcissus. Um, and so it, in this version of, of the tale, Narcissus is born of a mortal man and a nymph. And when they're born, the nymph takes Narcissus to, to the oracle. And the oracle's like, okay, cool. Your baby will live forever as long as they never see themselves. And so we've sort of loosely translated this to mean like, oh, look in the mirror, see their reflection. And that's just like not really it. It what, There was not mirrors as we know them in greek time like like there weren't like big old shiny just like glass mirrors that is a very modern like like uh thing and and even their like reflective surfaces weren't as like truly reflective as we can imagine it it was this thing of this uh narcissists can never know that they are divine they can never know why they have this otherworldly quality they must live among man like as a mortal that that was that was the actual crutch of like what the of what of, of what narcissus could not know about themselves what they could not see about themselves and so narcissus grows up and it's just like you know loved by all blah 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 blah, blah but literally like it has this very fundamental disconnect and whenever uh um uh, and like the translation for narcissus going to the wood is is a kind of self-exiling narcissus would go into the wood to to have time to to themselves to take a break to 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 to, to de- decompress and so one day they're in the wood an echo a nymph already cursed already cursed with uh, being unable to speak only able to repeat things and already cursed love gets caught up swoons tries to holler at narcissus all this trickery Narcissus is running around this wood going crazy. The one place they have felt safe. They are now, again, manic, trying to figure out who's trying to holler at them. When Echo reveals herself, Narcissus rejects her. I don't know what you are. Where did you come from? What have you been? I've only heard my own voice. What is going on here? And so Echo begins crying. Nemesis, another demigod is nearby, sees all this, decides Narcissus is the villain, and puts a river in Narcissus' path. And so Narcissus, trying to cross this river, looks down and gets a glimpse of themselves for the first time. And this glimpse in this moving river is what strikes them. They stop, and the, the myth ends with them clawing at the river, trying to see this glimpse of them again. It's not that they are so enamored with their own reflection. It is that they are trying to see, oh, what was that? What? Wait, what? What was this? And so uh, Narcissus dies by the river and becomes the poet's daffodil and or the Narcissus flower. And yeah, so that whole allegorical framing was just like really, it's very useful for me. Um, I, 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 I am, I always, I, 
always have a problem believing why anyone likes me. And I was a very loved child. I was an only child. I've been like very much so cared for. And so whatever my mental, you know, health and locations are and have been, I mean, some, some things I know, but some things that, you know, I still feel uh, undetermined. Like it, it, it has been so hard for me to understand why anyone fucks with me, truly, my whole life. And before then, before, before, sorry, before then, before I started my transition, I just like felt like, well, I don't even care because I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to die soon. I, I really felt like I wasn't, I wasn't going to like see a, a kind of adulthood. And so I sort of gave up on trying to figure it out. Um, and then as I began transitioning and started to imagine life for myself, I then also had to realize, okay, so then what, so what is all this? What is all this that I have then? If, if not just a mean, if, if, if I'm not to, to, if I'm not supposed to die by this glimpse of possibility, what else do I have for myself? And so th- this book was basically me doing everything to not die by the river of like my, my early transition and my like, uh, like manic depression and like some like really, really dark times for me. Um, but yeah, this was how I got up from that river. Um, but th- that myth just spoke to me on so many uh, uh, allegorical levels, metaphorical levels. Yeah, wow. That's um, that's just so cool to think about. Um, I was wondering if you could um, read um, a poem from your book titled We Cannot Grieve, What Doesn't Leave Us, or I'll Be at Every Function, and kind of um, show us the connections between um, that poem and, and maybe um, some stuff that you just offered us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, wow, where can is this poem? We could not grieve what doesn't leave us or I'll be at every function. The only man I've ever killed lived in my body. At a funeral, I'm in the back of the mezzanine wearing black jean booty shorts, oversized white t-shirt with my own face, airbrushed, metallic lavender. I am his widow and his only son. Below, people are laughing, not weeping, because they are in on the joke. This cathedral tailored and fitted for a casket, is a new, unspeakable familiar. Safer than mother's heels was double knot tie and monogram cufflinks. The gag is, even in rigor, the corpse smiles. The coffin is rented. The suit mine. All of this is to be burned. He never saw a need for daisies, drown his ashes in red solo cup, and piss him across the clearing, a mile from the house. If a few could make the journey, if only to listen to the wind, consider that something kind. At the repast, I dance. I pink my hands in lipstick. I shift weight in seafoam skirts. There are never enough eyes to question if I'd always been here. So when someone calls for me to reveal, my trained smile mouth lifts the veil. I perform my favorite tricks again, called an apparition so often I long for the familiar ghost. My mother will tell someone how I am now divine. That she always discerned I am a conjurer. Every prayer required a sacrifice. I call this look everything I got away with. In the wake, I'm a different kind of breeze. In heaven, holding whatever binds me to this earth. So, yeah. Um, I, in, when I, whenever I read Manish Tongue's my first collection, I get, like, I have to just, like, remember how dead and dying i felt then as a boy and 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 like and truly like 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 
that is how I knew that I needed to transition because I did not see myself living past that point, like as as a man, as a boy, as like in a, in, a, in a very specific way. I just like, and when I read it, I was like, oh, every single boy, whenever a boy appears in this poem, he he dies, and or is already dead, and or is like being killed again. And I was like, oh wow, like you needed to get through this shit. And so I thought of I when thinking about death in these new. It, it, in in this work, I didn't. I I needed it to be a bit more fantastic and not so um, destined. Um, like like I I, I like because because we we're gonna die. That's fine. Cool. Fine. But the way that I I I I placed it like sort of like on my lap as my thing to hold did not feel necessary. And so how I painted the world that I was living in with the death that still sort of, you know, encompassed me just needed to look different. And so in this poem in in particular, I wanted to to oh well, I mean, I, I wanna give one credit to um my friend and fellow poet Casey Rocheteau, uh gave me a prompt for this poem. If there if you are if you if you have many selves, write a eulogy for one of them. And so um, that prompt came at a time when I was navigating my, at the time, a more non-binariness um, that I don't identify with as much now. But uh, but like I was navigating a very like clear multiple selfness, and so thinking about oh, what if I like had like a pleasurable funeral for like well, one of these? What if I what if I could enjoy like truly enjoy because it is past because this thing is this thing came to an end you know um and so and so the thought of the, the thought of like looking real cute and banji at my own funeral you know like like <laughs> like not like not having to navigate the respectability that 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 really I thought was going to kill me not having to like like um yeah, like it, it's like I mean, my parents are both ministers. I was raised in churches. I've been to so many funerals. Like I, I, I have seen my body in caskets since I was a child. You know what I mean? And so it's like, what if I could go to that and not have to be what I've always been there? Um, and then at the repast to reappear as this like, as this like you know goddess version of this dead thing. Sort of like, like what if every ghost, like what if what if every repast featured the person who just died laughing with you? That's sort of how how I feel sometimes when I'm around people who like knew me then. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a, it is a, it is a very, it is a very material r- rendering of how I both had to, had to accept and hold what I killed. And also y'all, do y'all see me now though? Do you see, do you see this? You see me, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, I love that so much. So, so thank you for, for sharing. Um, I want to take a shift a little bit. Um, because in several of your your poems, you play with ideas of like dystopia, um, and especially I think, and maybe now this sounds like a leading question, but like in the contemporary moment as well too. So I was just um, I wanted to hear you talk more about kind of like dystopia, um, the contemporary moment, um, and also like what it means to like sit and and wrestle with that um, in particular. Yeah, um, I. I always worry about um, fetishizing dystopia um, when I consider my location in the world in a global scale. And capital A and D and because not notice not but and 
I have only so much power and use a lot of it for people who are as close to the edge as I am. And so proportionately and and what I'm able what I feel like I'm able to do in like the world largely and in my personal life like I sleep at night sort of sort of just fine you know not worrying about like oh am, am I too privileged to talk about dystopia like like am I too first world to talk, talk about dystopia it's like um the chances that I got to be here wow cool random as fuck I like like even like the like and and not to absolve myself it's like okay so what what is the closest end of the world for me? And that may not not look like a certain kind of warfare. That may, that may look like which one of my sisters is going to be killed this week. That's a different kind of dystopia. And and I think that like I think when I think of dystopia, I think I I oftentimes try to render it in a way where everyone is affected in a more like public conscious way, but. There is a certain dystopia when you walk into a world where no one else around you is grieving but you. There's a certain thing where you, or there's a certain thing where you walk into like a space and you don't know who sees you as alive, as who you are, what that can mean for your safety. Like, like, the, the, like the, there are there there are, there are everyday dystopias for so many so so many of us in so many various ways in so many various bodies. Um, but when I think about it, and when I think about how to render it. I want everyone to, I want to sort of uh, pass off some of the anxiety I have. It's always an intentional, like, oh, you, you weren't worried about everything. Oh, let me give you something to worry about just for a sec. Just for, just for the, the, these 10 lines right here, stress the fuck out. And like, you know what I mean? Because I, because I, it's sort of unfair to sort of oversell it in this one way. And so I try to either really oversell it to make it seem like fantastic and ridiculous, like in intelligence, you know, um, and, and and then becomes this like absurd thing that can collapse back onto no things are really bad, um, or I can make it very like ethereal and like and like bodily like in um what's it called uh, narcissus in dystopia, um, but but it still navigates that that fear of surveillance both being seen by people as a queen and also being literally watched from my computer um and so like that that is a very personal dystopia it's like i both have to worry, worry about being surveilled and i hope y'all fucking see me you know it's this thing that that is a that, like my dystopia feels very personal and i try to render it in a way that people can access both their own dystopias and the larger ones that we're definitely moving to Right. Yeah, I think one thing that I was thinking about while I was reading um, your book was just like the theme of looking, right? And like mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. and what looking means. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think about. Uh, I mean, this is sort of coming from my sociological background, <laughs> um, but uh, but the, the sociological um, the sociological. M- 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 imagination um sort of implies that like we have to use these these sort of like variables and factors to extrapolate um from any one thing we see any one sample we see and you know that's literally whatever the fuck it is but when the ways that each of us extrapolate only reveal more about ourselves um and so uh and so i know that i I I feel like if I didn't talk about how how anxious I was, my work would seem really cocky and entitled. 
you know, because I'm like, oh, y'all looking at me? Y'all looking at but, but But like, and and unless someone could read through that and hear the anxiety, which people I think do, you know, people who perform that way similarly, but also like I, and, and every time I talk, I talk, I talk about, about my work and also I hopefully in my work, like I really want to make it clear that I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely believe that I am an alluring some sort of whatever, which is why Narcissus is, is, is a great mole. Like Narcissus is literally divine. Like their mother is literally a nymph. It's not like, a question that they have something special about them. They just can't know it. And so, and so, um, uh, trying to like navigate the, I mean, uh, how, how do I say this? And in, in a less personal way, like, Oh, I'm not saying that I, I'm divine, but like there is a, a, a fetish and a need for like a black face, a trans face, a queer face. And so anything, anything that I can like, like I can understand why someone would objectively, want me or want my my voice or, or something um but i also know that that all that looking is going to cost all that all, all that seeing still costs all this representation still costs um and also someone looking at me does not ever necessarily correlate with loving me you know at all at all so yeah yeah I did yeah that, uh, um so i wanted to have you read another poem um and the the poem is the future of yesterday um and again i was hoping you could read it and and offer us some reflection um and insight into it yes okay um i love this poem wait is there more in the back oh there is okay 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 a future yesterday We was dancing like we could let all the breeze out our lungs. Sounded like a church, like the one down the road with no street lights, behind the second lot, then abandoned. The trees didn't scare us no more. Were no more blocks to burn effigy. Just all of us taking turns, smiling back and forth, a concert, a gathering across a main drag. You can smell the grass and gasoline and frying of peppers and grease. Didn't matter when you got there, just as long as you didn't miss the band in all white, a host of beatbox soul. There, the saxophone sweetened the bend in the back of our knees. We knew that the dust wasn't going to rise without our shuffle atop it. The earth finally swallowed all the graves into itself and sprouted wings and jean shorts and neon body suits riding around on technicolor bicycles. You couldn't see nothing but the crackling of the present. Couldn't hear nothing but the night, finally time unafraid of its shadow. The moon stopped boiling blood. Remembered how we all always been its creatures. And when the second sun rose, we sang to her too. Told her, thank you for the land again. All our blood been the keepers. This rapture was a home going back to ourselves. Didn't matter when you got there. As long as you didn't miss the, the generation of abandoned lots. Sprouting streetlight revivals at the end of the world. Even the sea stayed quiet there, made way for our bones to, to again quake and holler. All this a joy. <sighs> Damn. I haven't, read the, I, haven't, I haven't read the whole poem in so long. Um, uh, yeah, so I lived in Detroit for a little over a year. Um, and I, which definitely changed. Well, thinking about dystopia for again for a bit. So I grew up in California. I was born between an earthquake and a riot. 
like literally like like that's literally when i was born and then and then it's the cut the, the state's always been on fire um for, for the last like three years whenever i i, I was returning I was to california i would literally like see mountains on fire like somehow like whatever and so like i so thinking about about also like natural disaster as as some kind of dystopia i was literally born in like dystopia world like california is dystopic, dystopic as fuck um and so then moving to the East Coast is, you know, nor'easter. It gets snowy, but like it doesn't feel d- dystopic in certain aspects. Moving to Detroit was the best time of my life because black people are amazing. Um, but also the state um, has abandoned them in so many ways. And so like navigating like water advisories and like and like and like there's like a house one block over from me like just one night at midnight decided to go up in flames and no one it just just you know and it's like the whole neighborhood's like what the fuck's going on so it wasn't anyone who was you know so things like that and so the the the, the, the material mod like contemporary um dystopia felt much more tangible in detroit and then i and then i and then it reca- and then it, and then it recalibrated how I returned to the West Coast, um, and so now I re-see all of my home in on fire. So I'm like, oh right, this is just our version of no water, right? We just have, oh right, oh right, oh right. Anyways, and so and so and not and not whatever. Anyways, and so this poem um, was, I it was actually a combination of two things that I was trying to navigate. And so the first was um, like imagining like a heaven that felt like 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 uh a, a dystopic heaven and like sort of like what can that concept mean um and and it sort of felt like not even like having a heaven on earth but like a parallel dimension it's just um and so that was like something that I was trying to like net navigate and 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 write through um and then literally there was this like in the middle of summer this was like Detroit ass outside festival like one block from my house and like i had like just moved to the neighborhood and like really needed so much i needed so much i needed so much and i I thought i was really like alone in 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 the wood and this just like park of people just like living their lives and this band in all white of just like old school talented ass black women and one black dude on saxophone just like killed it for like three hours and i just it was it really, it really was like a spiritual experience and also i never go even though growing up in la my world was like black and brown very very much so mixed um in this way but and so and so being like straight up like black 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 high space like in the dark with like all and there were so many cops around but there was there, there all this perimeter because all the to, to be a detroit cop you have you have to live in detroit so it's a, it's a really whole other weird different like not better but just different relationships so there was this like hyper like fortress like feeling and so it felt really dystopic but like really protected it was so much and so i and so i had to capture just just like i'm like oh this is like kind of heaven like i've never been here before <laughs> which i've been heaven before i've never seen this shit before and also it feels very as as uh as emotionally edifying it feels so immaterial so yep this is a heaven um and so and so i wrote ab- about like that night in one way and they really began speaking to each other so i really just so i, I just i just merged basically two sketches of poems and now i I, and now I can't tell you what is it, what was in what, but but like the the the, the, the like there there are things that are like narrative and like descriptive that are that are actually from that scene, but like those were just like little pops of like uh, of like tokens, so of like the you know the, the, the general feeling. So yeah, the whole the whole piece is now just uh, 
just uh just a heaven just a future yesterday yeah um and i think too i you know i wasn't gonna ask a question about this but but now that you said heaven i've been thinking about that um so you you mentioned there's like religious themes throughout the book as well too um and i was wondering yeah like how do you think about heaven how do you think about like what is oppositional to that um for sure, yeah for sure. you mean you mean here where we are right now this is great um no i mean i think i my parents are both ministers and i uh was raised in the church and i do not have like a antagonistic relationship to christianity per se full stop anyways um but in terms of heaven <clears throat> in terms of heaven I believe in other dimensions that we are freer and at more peace. If there is one dimension where we can collectively be, I think we can call that heaven. But I think we all live in such, uh, not even unfortunately, but like we can only ever understand so much about each other that I think we can, I think it'd be more effective if we tried to understand personal heaven as opposed to a collective heaven. Um, and I think that in our personal heavens, we can make space for other, other people to also feel that heaven, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. So when I think of heaven, I think, uh, I think of it as an immaterial place that we definitely need to be cultivating both in ourselves and for each other, but as some ultimate end goal, I don't think it's, uh, super necessary or useful because there's no opposite to it. We're here or trying to be in a better place we can't there's no other there's no there's no third option in my mind that's great okay so um the last poem that i would love for you to read um um yeah I, i'll still leave it open if you want to pick the poem <laughs> you can <laughs> no 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 go for, go for, go for. no 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 i i no, okay. no, no. i i love i love curation um, I love, I yeah love, if you want to read like um them. narcissist unplugged yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this is actually like high key, one of my favorites. And I didn't, I, I, I almost put it, I didn't write it at the end of the collection. I, I wrote it somewhere. I, I, I wrote it, I wrote it somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, like somewhere in like the, I think, I, I think I, I want to believe it's in the first like quarter of the narcissism that I wrote actually. Um, and then I almost put it at the beginning and put the demo at the end, but because of how it ends, oh, let me read it and then I'll talk about it. Sorry, let me, yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me read it. Sorry. <clears throat> okay. Narcissus Unplugged. I worry I have romanticized loneliness. Sorry, I'm going to start over. <laughs> I worry I have so romanticized loneliness that the content with my reflection feels as much like a freedom as it does not. What if I truly wither away without touch? I turn everything into a poetic, but I imagine all of this is conceding defeat. I hide longing in a metaphor and it becomes warm enough to rest in, but every desire can't blossom or shudder. Or wallow. Maybe I use my reflection as a distraction, make my own body a shimmering thing. Someone once told me the anthropological reason we as mortals admire jewels is because we are drawn to water and how light reflects. I have an obsession with precious things, so I fundamentally never loved my body. We are not to look outside of ourselves for validation, but my reflection requires my full attention. 
lest I compare it to another. I'm so easily distracted by a luxury. I imagine everybody else has something I don't, but I have me. I have something somebody else desires. What if the only thing I can hold is myself? My best self is fleeting. I keep hoping the river will let me make sense of this vision. I was born to never know all I could become. Another poetic is using me for myself. I worry less about dying unknown than alone. I worry my worry is its own kind of arrogance. I'm just trying to see what everyone else does. I am more confused than enamored. I hope to die knowing my mystery will become myth. Uh, so, yeah, I wrote that. I need, I needed, in case I ever forgot what Narcissus, like, was, 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 like, the, what, like, because the first one, I, the first, the first Narcissus I wrote was Narcissus 17, because 17 is my number one, and so I start all my poem series with 17, it's my favorite number, um, and so, and so, that one was, like, absolutely desperate, that one, they, like, that one, I feel like I just tweaked it so it wouldn't be incoherent, but that, that, that one is so fever, fever, anxiety, manic, dream, written in my head um and so i remember when i when i was writing this one i was i was i was still in a in a, in a different kind of bad place but I, I i i was like if this voice is going to be real i need to like just like write write seriously once just like no no like very little imagine like 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 talk to this river like you know like for like fuck the the the, the, the glamour fuck the shit like what are you what are you afraid of you know and 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 it it was it was the most direct direct um narcissus that i wrote um because i feel like i really i really wrote it to me um in this like embarrassing way uh well then it felt embarrassing but i hope that if i could render it and like and like let and like let it be what it was i could come here now and not be embarrassed by it which thankfully i'm not um but that's even why i called it unplugged because i felt like it would, ha- it, would, it would have to be this like un this 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 version of narcissus that is uh, that is available for mishap and like miss you know like like yeah um at, yeah look as opposed to like narcissus single you know like like it was it, 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 it wasn't a single or like or whatever or the bonus track it was like unplugged and so like it was supposed to feel like oh this is oh you're just here Oh, you're 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 just live with a guitar type shit, you know. You're you're, you're you're just like with the with the mic in front of me, you know, vocalizing. Um, thank you so much for for reading that. Um, and we're gonna um wrap it up um here in the next few minutes. So, um, I was hoping you could tell us um kind of what your thoughts are now and just. Yeah, just general and like where you see your work going next, um, and any projects that you really want to plug. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I am. So I, I, I've written, I've written a, a lot since I finished writing this book. Um, and so I am, I'm very excited for what I have sort of coming up. Uh, personally, in terms of my writing, um, I just finished a, a new zine called Seventeen Obligations that I'm going to self-release. Um, that just like navigates some trans shit that's been bothering me in the world. Um, but yeah, I'm more so proud of the work that I've, I've been I've, I've been doing with Dove Song Labs. Um, check it out at DoveSongLabs.net. Um, so I've been well myself and the phenomenal poet Logan February. Um, we, we've been um, refashioning 
winter tangerine syllabi that I've written over the last five years um, and uh, re-uploading them to a new digital archive. We've, we've been hosting um, salons and readings here in Portland that we're going to be uploading. Um, we've we, we been like uh, streaming and recording video of salons and readings here in Portland that we're going to be uploading soon. Um, but yeah, so it's really uh, just a digital archive for writers to come in, get prompts, get lessons, uh, see s- seminars, see talks. Um, and we're going to be publishing a, a zine and broadside series this summer that I'm super excited about. But yeah, duffsonglabs.net. Check that out. Um, and then, yeah, and then you can check, check me out. I talk a lot of shit on the internet, um, jdod.net. Um, and then uh, Day Black, D-E-Y-B-L-X-K. Um, D, yeah, D-E-Y-B-L-X-K on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And where's the best place for, for folks? Oh, yeah, um, you can get the Black Condition featuring Narcissus um, through Nightboat, uh, nightboat.org, or you can go to my site, and there's a link right there that'll link you to the Nightboat link. Um, but yeah, so if you, if you go to jdod.net, You'll look right there. It says the Black Condition Feature Narcissus. You can just pick it up. Perfect. Okay, well, thank you so much. It was so great to have you on. Um, You offered us such beautiful things. So I really hope the listeners um, are able to check it out and explore more of your work. Yeah, thank you all so much for having me. Thank you for these great questions. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yes, have a good one. (laughs) Cool, thanks. Thanks.